Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixel Refresh Podcast. I am your host, Marco Rodriguez, and today I am joined by none other than my geek brother, Mario Amaral. What is going on, buddy? Nothing much, nothing much. Just another wonderful day in this wonderful mixed season country of ours. Yes. One day it is. We, we've said this before on the podcast. We should be used to it by now. It is just like three seasons you all think, within yeah, one you, week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You'd think two people who live in Canada <laughs> yeah. would be used to the fact that one day it's snowing, the next day it's ice, and the next day it's not snowing, and it's 14 degrees outside. Yeah, so literally this week we've had minus almost 30, then six degrees the next day. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's how up. crazy it's been. And a lot of people are getting sick, and I wonder why. It's just Oh, know. it's it's definitely not due to the weather. No, heck no. I mean, there are viruses out there every year, as the flu is out there. And, uh, you know, it, um, it changes, so people have to take the flu shot every year. And uh, I haven't personally taken the flu shot, but I have personally seen what happens to people who get the flu, and it is not nice. Oh, yeah. No, I, I haven't taken the flu shot in years because I'm pretty sure there's an ingredient in it, which I'm very much allergic to. And so I get like whenever I take the flu shot, I get the flu times 10. Oh, like really? Borderline. Yeah, like borderline. I'm about to die. Sheesh. Uh, probably should be in the ICU or some shit. So I don't take the flu shot anymore. I just deal with the regular old ass flu once I get it, if I get it. Because the flu shot itself is the flu, just a very it, small it is, yes. uh, amount Essentially, of what you're doing is you're giving yourself the flu so that... Think of it like chicken pox. You're giving yourself the flu so that when you come in contact with someone who does have the flu... Your body knows how to fight that because yeah, it's had your it Your body already. knows how to fight it. You know. Except you're not getting the full-blown amount of what the virus would be so your body can fight it off and be like hey put this in the archives if this guy comes back we know how to kick his ass yeah keep the door closed don't don't yeah. do anything yeah exactly yeah essentially that's most vaccines right oh you want to uh you want to be uh immune to the uh bubonic plague the black plague okay here take this shot it's actually the black plague and uh you, you'll just you'll gain a tolerance for it over time you're okay yeah I mean, that's how evolution works anyways, right? With any species is basically they evolve to become immune to something because their body evolves yeah, to fight they endure. it. I mean, it sounds like far off, but, you know, technology actually has allowed us to evolve in a lot of ways. So oh, for sure. It's, it's, not, it's not too far off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, being that this is a technology podcast, you, both, you and I both know... Um, we should probably get around to talking about technology. And so um, I, wanted, I wanted to sit down and mention CES Consumer Electronics Show happened this year. It actually happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, not, not really anything notable to come out of that, in my opinion. Like all the TVs were like, yeah, we're still doing 4K, 8K, 12K, 75K TVs. Um, there's a couple of them who are super, you know, impressive with how thin they can make their TVs. Um, but I, I, I didn't really hear anything super notable other than the fact that a lot of the TV makers were actually pitching or pushing the fact that 
Apple is now allowing them to put AirPlay 2 as well as, in some cases, iTunes uh, or some sort of Apple TV-like interface into their TVs, which I thought was, I mean, so it's pretty impressive. <clears throat> let me ask you, what is this? Because AirPlay, okay, I understand that. That would be mirroring your um, iOS device to your TV. Now, them adding iTunes would be you being able to uh, watch all your iTunes library, your purchase library on a TV, correct? Yes. But having uh, just something like AirPlay would really be enough because your iTunes library should be on your iPad or um, iPhone or anything else, and you should be able to mirror from there. Having iTunes would just be better because then you wouldn't need uh, a third, um, you know, um, a secondary device streaming to your tv but itunes as you know is garbage so how would it work on the tv i don't know so so here's the thing airplay 2 unlike airplay 1 is a lot like chromecast i would say whoa whoa, whoa so, wait there's an airplay 2 and an airplay 1 yeah so airplay 1 is the original airplay it's the thing that you and your head go oh i can mirror my phone to my tv so AirPlay is more than just mirroring your phone to your TV. It's actually a wireless audio distribution system, a, a wireless video distribution system. So pause but, for one second. Yes. Is AirPlay 2 out? Yes. AirPlay 2 is what the HomePods run on. Okay. So it isn't on like our iPhones at the moment. It is on our iPhones. It is. Our iPhones now will be able to now support AirPlay 2. But is it on there yet? Yeah, it's on there. It's it's part of the mirroring and all the audio functions. So it's just an upgrade to, let's say, the code. It is, but it fu it fundamentally works differently. So it works a lot like I was going to say Chromecast, whereas previously, if I were to mirror, let's say, audio to my TV, let's say in this case, right, it has AirPlay 1, and I get a phone call or I close my device, the music would stop playing because that signal is gone right? Whereas in AirPlay 2, um, it's a lot like a Chromecast where in a Chromecast you say, hey, YouTube, fetch this video. And if you turn off your device, the video is actually being played from the TV, right. not from your device, right? Which, I, which I've noticed this. Yeah. Even if you were to lose internet on your device, the, the Chromecast would continue playing it because it's actually just, you it's know, fetching getting, the it's video fetching itself. it straight. Yeah. It's fetching yeah. the video so, itself. So so basically, essentially, that's what AirPlay 2 has introduced to the whole scenario. It's like there is no tie to one device because the, the AirPlay 2 device can go and fetch the content for itself and play it itself. Sort of like a Sonos. Sonos is well known for their audio systems not needing a Bluetooth connection to a phone or something to play music. Because the device itself will just fetch the music from the service on the internet and play it directly. Which right? it would need an internet connection, of course, to do this. Yes, they are Wi-Fi they are Wi-Fi sound systems, so you wouldn't be buying them if you didn't have Wi-Fi. Okay. Because uh, they, they won't work otherwise. Um, and yeah, so, so AirPlay 2 is being put into all these devices solely because the rumor has it that Apple is coming out with a TV streaming service. And that in order for them to get a wide adoption, they need to start working with third parties, speci specifically TV partners, to 
put um you know apple music itunes and airplay into tv so that the bunch of people with iphones who want to watch their stuff can can do it from the tv without the need of an apple tv um i i don't know at this point how well it's going to work uh so far from the coverage that i've seen it seems pretty like legit um it's really cool that like samsung you can ask like samsung tvs like find blah 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 on itunes and it will go and find it like that's pretty cool so they had a demo of this i I didn't actually see this they did i didn't watch a video but i was listening to the verges podcast where they spoke in detail about about the demo that they experienced and they're like the only unfortunate thing is that like you can't talk to siri directly on the tv you actually have to tell bixby and they you know how the verge feels about bixby they don't really like bixby um, and they're like, the unfortunate thing is that you have to ask Bixby for everything, but so far in their demo, it seemed like it worked. So I wonder what this TV is, <clears throat> what this TV is running on. I'm assuming it would be uh Tizen or Tizen. Tizen. Or- yeah. So Tizen or Tizen, I, we, you and I still don't know how to fucking say that name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's still running Tizen or Tizen or whatever. It's not an Android TV, but on the other end of the spectrum, we have, Vizio, which I found out is actually an American company, not a Chinese company. Uh, Vizio actually uh, has is has a partnership with Apple as well, and they're doing very similar things. I think they're adding AirPlay 2 as a protocol to their system. Um, I don't think they get the iTunes integration like Samsung right now. Uh, so I think right now Samsung has an exclusive deal or something because... From my understanding, no other maker has iTunes on the TV, but they do have AirPlay too. So, um, it's funny because these two companies, like um, people don't realize, they they look at them as like arch enemies when it comes to like the mobile um, device, right? Like their mobile devices, as in being like yeah. Android and and iOS and Apple and Samsung being the two big competitors. And people forget to realize that they work together all the time, whether it's buying parts from each other. And in this case, having a TV and being one of the first out there to have iTunes, uh, that's a partnership. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's just that's just a lot of people, I think, they, they don't realize that, yes, to us, they're competing. To them, it's business. And they all sit at the table and they all work out business. Yeah. And I, I mean, for the longest time, the market said that, you know, they don't compete. But... Back when their lawsuit started a long time ago, it was clear that there was competition there. And right. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's still partnerships. At the end of the day, they still have to work with each other in some regards because unlike Apple, Samsung is a TV, a major TV manufacturer. And they probably, I don't know what their market share is, but it has to be pretty high in my it opinion. It has to because be. Because they, they, I know people whose go-to who used to be like Sony is now Samsung. You know what I mean? One of the biggest things Samsung had with their TVs, and I don't know recently, I think like maybe they're, it's not the same anymore, but they had some of the best warranty out there. Not only was their product really good, like their displays were really good. As we know, Samsung makes really good displays. I don't know if their TV uh, panels are made by Samsung or LG or whatever. At the moment, I haven't actually researched it, but we know that they've always made really good uh, screens on the on phones and I'm pretty sure at some point they were making them for their TVs they had great quality and uh, durability they were just known for like being a high quality um, TV and and lasting yeah, S- Samsung makes their own panels they do make their own panels okay so they yeah. 
And then we have like um, warranty. At some point, they were like five year warranty on their on their TVs, or other manufacturers are like your average one year, two yeah. year. You know what I mean? So, and well, they, they were they were standing. It, right? Yeah, they were they backing their feel program. Like, yeah, like they've got their pro- the best sorry, TV, product. so that yeah, they've got the best product. They might as well like provide you the best warranty on the market. That's you know that's also a buying factor, right? People don't realize that that. If you're going, I'm going to just make this statement right now. If you're listening and you go out and you buy products and you don't consider the warranty that they come with, you should probably reconsider because that is a huge thing. If that thing ever breaks on you, uh, the warranty can probably cover replacing it entirely or getting it fixed. So um, I know when I previously would look at, and this is kind of a different area, but graphics cards... The biggest thing with graphics cards is the warranty. Like you can you can spend roughly a thousand dollars on a graphics card from many different companies, but the biggest thing you want to look for is what is their warranty like? What does it cover? Uh, and that that's a big important piece. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised going back to Samsung that that uh, they that they had a f- bomb ass warranty. I st- I would say that maybe even to this day they probably still have a bomb ass warranty. They probably do. I haven't really um, looked into it. Like I personally own a, a sharp TV and have had it for like six years or so, or more than that. And it's never given six me, years too long. Yeah. Never given me any issues. Knock on wood. Um, but just, just their name is a powerhouse as well. We know that, you know, just having that name brand Samsung has been a powerhouse for a long time. So if they came out with the TV, it would be a powerhouse as well because like, Hey, we know they make good products. Yeah. But uh, they going also, back, they also make more products than you think. They make TVs. They play like laundry machines. They oh make, yeah, like uh, you know refrigerators. Like they they are in the. I the think they make a lot space. of yeah. They make a lot of appliances for sure. Yeah, microwaves. Was, you I name it. I was taken aback that I like when I first saw my first Samsung refrigerator. I was just like, what? Like Samsung makes a refrigerator? That's crazy. Yeah, they're one of those tap screens, aren't they? Where you can just tap on it. And like, yeah, it's like they a, have a tablet full touch screen right inside the TV, uh, right inside the actual uh, fridge. Like it's absolutely insane. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this just cause you talked about fridges and technology. I'm just going to say this really quick. I seen this fridge. I don't know who makes it, it actually might be Samsung. You tap on the glass and the glass goes from like a frosted dark. So you can't see what's in the fridge. And then like oh, you clear? tap, yeah, to clear and you could see everything that's in your fridge. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. You know, I know. I know they've been talking about, I don't know who makes them, but I've heard of T of, I keep saying TVs, refrigerators that actually have cameras on the inside and that will actually use AI to keep an eye on what food. Yeah. What you need to order and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this as well. I was like, this is actually a pretty dope concept. I don't know at that price if people would adopt, but eventually it's just, listen, people, we're at a point in, in history where i would say this is like the generation where we're going to be like everything was trying to be smart <laughs> everything was trying to be smart they're going to be just like trying to put you know smarts in everything and yeah like, they're just trying to mix it's a market together <laughs> it's 100 percent a market at this point like you're going to have smart watches smart headphones smart speakers smart lights smart everything you know smart toilets smart fridges there's smart stoves. There's actually smart Kohler, everything. Kohler actually unveiled an Alexa powered toilet at CES. There you go. It's that a basically smart world. you can ask it like it, it will be a home controller for like 
the items in your shower. Like, I think they also already have a smart shower, so you could be like, "Hey Alexa, set uh, turn on the shower and set 100%. it to like thirty eight degrees." One hundred percent, they do. I've seen this, and you know what? You're gonna you're gonna see like in the future generations, this is gonna be the period they looked at when they're gonna be like everybody just got lazier. The smart error oh, was like yeah. everybody just got lazier, and we helped them with technology. <laughs> Uh, like bro, they don't have, even like, like to turn on the water anymore. You get in the shower and you're like, "Hey Alexa, uh, fuck me up, fam. Fuck me <laughs> up. I want it scalding, scalding, please. Hotter, <laughs> hotter, too hot, soon, too hot, bro. As soon as soon as it like hits your skin, you're just like, <laughs> God damn, it's on fire. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah, you're gonna I, be, and then you're gonna use your smartphone to call the smart ambulance, which is gonna pick your ass up because it's gonna which be, is a robot. Yeah, which is How just like all the time. How do all you autonomous. feel? I'm I'm burnt. Is that a one? Is that a two? Is that a ten? How many degrees of skin did you burn? Are you on your third layer? Are you still on the first layer? Listen, do you let's think this is first degree burns. Yeah, listen, we're getting carried away. Let's get back to what we were talking about which is the TV with iTunes and um, AirPlay 2. Go ahead and continue that. Well, I'm, do- I'm, I'm done with that. that. That's pretty much done. That's okay. it. I thought it was really cool. I'm interested to see what streaming service Apple announces and what other partners get on to actually bring AirPlay 2 to the televisions. It might be something that I consider in the future when I buy a new TV of, of buying a TV that has AirPlay support. Um, just because, I, I definitely like, agree. I definitely agree like with I'm, that. I'm an Apple person, so like it would make more sense for me to buy a TV in that regard. But I then think, again, I have an Apple TV, so right. it doesn't really matter. I think at this point, if I were going out and there was a TV that had that, that wouldn't be a deciding factor for me, especially if that TV... Like I was looking at two brands at this moment, and I was like, okay, this is going to cost me uh, $600 more. They're basically... Uh, you know, roughly the same specs, same size. This is $600 more. It does bring iTunes. I do have a crazy iTunes library, but it cost me only $200 to buy an Apple TV and it'll do the same thing. At yeah. that point, I would just purchase the Apple TV if I'm going to save, you know, a few hundred dollars. But at the same time, it's starting on Samsung TVs and like everything else, it'll probably be adopted by everyone in the future. And that makes it cool. But they're kind of killing off at the same time the Apple product, do you think, like the Apple TV? Um, I don't know. I don't think they I don't think they will kill off the Apple TV. Right? Cuz I mean, that's a dedicated set-top box. I mean, if they ultimately could work with every manufacturer and get all the features of the Apple TV built right into uh their another TV. Yeah, sure. Um, but and that I, would be I, a long way away anyway. Yeah, that's a long ways off. I think they're only doing this because of this, you know, rumored streaming service and they want, you know, even the non Apple people to be able right. to access it, right? If you have one of these TVs, yeah, sure, you'll be able to access it no problem, right? Either and and even if you have one of those TVs that only has AirPlay two, you could still access it from your phone and stream it to your TV, right? So uh, and who knows? And I'm pretty sure Apple with uh, partnerships here, and I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure they're going to look at someone like Samsung who says they can do it and look at their number of, on how many TVs they sell per year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah, not going to put this in, in like some small manufacturer. It might have been, 
even cheaper or whatever to do it. But we they got to look at like, hey, how many TVs you sell per year? If we do want to start a streaming service, now we look at like how many people have the option to use the streaming service on the TV because it'll definitely be available other ways, but on these TVs being sold, right? I mean, other than like the high senses Toshiba's, uh, you know, of the world, I think a lot of the TV manufacturers sell a lot of TVs for different reasons, right? Like one of the things I remember the CEO of Vizio saying is that like when people, the, the life cycle for a television is about 6.9 years. So, so basically it, it takes roughly 6.9 years. So six years, nine months, let's say. Um, to actually replace their TV with something else. So you're coming up on that, you know, the threshold of, hey, I've had this TV for about six years. I might consider purchasing a new one. Oh, I've considered it. it. Yeah, if it <laughs> makes sense for me, right? I've considered so, it. It doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't even make sense really any other way. Besides just I mean, wanting unless you're getting, in my opinion, for your setup, unless you're going like 70 inch 4K uh, HDR, then it's not worth your time. It's not worth my time. And the, the scary thing it's is not, like, yeah, it's not worth your time to replace your current L- LED with a new LED TV that does the same thing at the same size, you know. No. And, and the thing right now is we're at that point where I'd say 4K is the norm and then we have 8K becoming like what 4K was to 1080. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's at that point where they're trying to introduce 8K and make it like, hey, listen, this is going to cost like the five dollars $6,000 that 4K used to cost. And yeah. then eventually we're going to go into that period where the 8K is normal and then we're probably going to like 12K or something. And that's just the way it's going to continue going. Yeah, I don't I know mean, how they're going to eventually... I don't know, like right now... And this is like a question I have for you. You might know the answer to it. How they're using Blu-ray discs for um, like 4K movies, correct? Yes. If you look online at like, let's say a downloading, um, you know, website, you want to download a 4K movie that is most likely not at full quality as the movie was. You're looking at like around 40 gigs. And this is like without the menus, without all the cutscenes. How are they fitting this? Are they fitting the, these 4K movies into one Blu-ray disc? Even if it's a dual layer, they, I can't they imagine. Are. So dual layer Blu-ray discs are 100 gigs. They're up to 100 gigs now. Okay, because yeah. like the ones so you could buy. single layer was 50 gigs max. I think the dual layers are now at, at, at 100 gigs or something like so that. So this yeah. must be like, originally I remember you buying a Blu-ray disc like, a dual layer was like 25 gigs or it was 25 gigs for a single layer and a dual layer was 50. Yeah, I don't I don't remember, uh, but I think Blu-ray tech has come pretty long, pretty far. It's like they're just compressing. And also the other pieces <laughs> is compression, right? Yeah. So they could compress it and then it, on the fly, the Blu-ray player like decompresses it and plays it, right? So I, I don't know. It's There's insane. definitely ways to make something that's really big smaller and then on the fly because – Essentially, that's what they have to do for like streaming services, right? They have right. to they have to optimize the packet size so that they can send it over the line, especially during shitty internet, right? And then unpack it instantly and show you the full 4K resolution or close to it signal, right? So, I mean, we're getting to a point where compression is actually 
insane. And it's not compression that stays on the file so you can make it smaller, but it's just compression so you can get it from place to place. But yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt. I, I mean, 4K is, is a big thing and and uh, it's going to continue. I, I don't, I kind of agree and I don't agree at the fact that like 4K is sort of the norm right now. I feel like in some ways it is, but like it's still not as accessible as still buying like a 1080p TV. You know what I mean? Not not uh, affordability, but I think like buying a 4K TV is not that expensive anymore. And it's also like everywhere versus like, you know, a few years ago it was like a 4K was like maybe two, three TVs on the shelf by certain manufacturers like everyone's making a 4k tv now yeah 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 you've got a point no i totally agree i think i want the next thing and people say that it's not going to happen but i wish that the next thing that got big was OLEDs. yeah i wish that was just the norm because if oleds yeah. was the norm like 4k is right now that'd be awesome there's still limitations to oleds the great uh the great thing about them is of course their colors their deep blacks all that but at the same time, from what I understand, they have other limitations. I don't remember if it was like lifespan or, or there, there's other. They still do have their limitations, just like burn plasma. Burning is one of their limitations. Like yeah. a plasma TV, then. Yeah, essentially, like one of the biggest things that that nobody's been able to perfect yet is the fact that OLEDs can burn in fairly fairly easily. Um, and so a lot of makers, like uh, I think I'm going to use Vizio as another example, they are not venturing into OLED TVs. They're venturing into something called micro LEDs. Uh, and the the benefit to micro LEDs is that they can run two simultaneous panels at the same time. So from my understanding, the way it works is they have a panel in the back that just does black right okay and then they have a panel in the front that just does color and the whenever there's black on the screen it looks like more true rich black because they're using this double panel technology i forget what it's called but uh it's pretty cool a lot of companies like are trying to see because let's be real the thing that oled tvs do really well is blacks is deep dark blacks and contrast right and so all these companies are now trying to figure out, like, how can we do this but do it with LED technology and not OLED technology? Uh, and so, like, that was another big theme of, of CES this year was a lot of people showing off, look how deep these blacks are, except this is an LED TV. And they, and you like, know what? what? They have, yeah, they have come to a point where they can make LEDs, uh, LCDs look really good when it comes to the blacks. Uh, yeah. Because LCDs uh, work on, uh, sorry, not LCDs, LEDs work on just LED lighting, so they never really turn off. So you've always get kind of like a hue. Uh, they're always working on technology to make it better, so it doesn't look really like a dark gray, but looks like a black. Yeah. Just like, um, you know, and this is like a weird example, but we have the LCD um, or LED. I'm getting so confused right now. The LED is just the lighting. LCD is actually the liquid screen. Uh, correct. LCD yes. is the screen and LED, LED is the lighting. LED TVs are the new LCD. So the LCDs are old TVs that needed backlights, whereas LEDs I don't think need backlights. So. No, they're backlit by LEDs versus like a tube, a, a tube lighting. Okay, there you go. 
Yeah, they're they're still liquid crystal displays. They're just lit by LEDs versus one fluorescent tube. What he said. Yeah. So, uh, for an example, uh, OLED versus uh, LED LCD screen would be your uh, iPhone XR versus your iPhone XS, and that would be people have put them side by side and they say the blacks look really good on the XR. And yeah, it's and not that, a, that's and, that's probably through optimization and stuff like that. But like, uh, for years we've known doing that stuff on a small screen is super easy. Doing that stuff on a big screen not that easy. No, especially the when there's a lot of black. The manufacturing process is very different, and that's why companies like LG ha- are not very. Uh, they're super well known for their like. Uh, they're large format OLED TVs, but their their phone OLEDs are supposedly not as good. They're still great, but they're not as good as their bigger stuff. And because those processes are so different that they they kind of don't know how to 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 do that. Whereas supposedly Samsung is the total opposite. Samsung's OLED TVs are not as good as LG's, and but L, but Samsung's like smartphone OLEDs are incredible. I just thought they would just blow up the small technology, just make it bigger. I, I thought so too, but it turns <laughs> out that's not how it works. That's not how it works, eh? Like, you think it's uh, so simple. Just turn this little screen yeah, into just, a just big like screen. put it into a shrink ray <laughs> and make it bigger. Like, that's fine. A shrink ray and make it bigger? I think you got yeah. that uh, reverse. Well, I mean, the shrink ray has to be able to do the opposite, okay? Oh, okay. A bigger ray? <laughs> what am I going to call it? A bigger ray? That sounds dumb. <laughs> it does sound dumb. <laughs> That sounds stupid. Uh, but let's move on. Yes, That's pretty much it from uh, CES this year that I thought was pretty notable. Um, I know you've been messing around with magicians lately, and you kind of hate iTunes. Um, and we just spoke about iTunes, so I think this is a good time for you to I... tell us tell us the ways in which you hate iTunes that is a two, two-and-a-half-year-old non-updated product. Uh, yeah, I I think you summed it up. <laughs> it's a two and a half year old product, uh, you know, a piece of software it's, it's a bit that more has than not. That, but yeah. It's a bit more than that. It hasn't been updated. Um, it it's just horrible to use. It's like way too many. Um, you want to get something done, and you got to go through too many loops to get something done. And then when you do want to get it done, it's just not the what you would expect from a from a company that tries yeah. to make everything super simple. It's just agree. not what you expect. Like you pick up an iPhone for most people and it's like easier to use than an Android device, if that makes sense, to someone who's maybe new to using a smartphone. They could kind of pick up an iPhone and be like, okay, there's no drawer. I'm not confused on as into where my apps went or where they didn't go or how do I get to them or if I delete it from here, it's still in my drawer. Some people are confused about that, you know, especially if they've never used a smartphone. Apple, I still think, would be the easier phone to pick up and use. So you yeah. would expect that would go, uh, you know, that would uh, that would run through all their software. All their software would be that easy to use. And I think iTunes is like the example of where it's goddamn confusing. It's it, confusing. It definitely needs an update because I, I totally agree with you. I, I think like the other day when you called me about it and I went to like open it, I was like, wow, I haven't touched this in a really long time. And for the, the non... For the people who are using it super often back in the day, like this software is like, oh yeah, sure, cool. I, it's super easy to use, right? But for the people who uh, like 
haven't been using it or never used it before, when you open that piece of software, you're just like, okay, there are like these three tabs here. I get these are like media controls right here. But then like, where do I get my, I'm on music, but what if I want to listen to a podcast? Where do I go? Yes. Uh, very confusing. Very confusing. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that have been um, complained about for years that iTunes is a, is a, is a piece of software that a lot of people don't enjoy using. I think a lot of people were put off uh, using iOS or anything else Apple produced software-wise if it was connected to iTunes. For that reason, people just despised iTunes as software. And if they had to use a device that depended on iTunes, they were just like, no, thank you. And I'm talking about myself in the past as well. There were times where I was like, if I have to put music into my device using iTunes, I do not want this device at all. It is horrible. And um, luckily, we're in, you know, 2019. And for the last few years, uh, you know, your iOS device hasn't been dependent on iTunes. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Like I great. said to you, besides restoring, earlier on, like one of the biggest announcements that Apple could have ever made was like, yeah, you don't need iTunes to do anything. Like, you can just download music directly to your phone, movies directly to your phone. You can manage your entire digital life right from your phone. The only issue is like, hey, if you ever need to restore your phone, you need a computer. That's it. And I'm at that point where, honestly, I have personally had this iTunes uh, pop-up every now and then on my computer where it's like, hey, there's an update for iTunes and for iCloud for Windows. And I just keep ignoring it because I'm like, I don't use this piece of software. I've almost come to the point where I was going to delete it off my computer. I just didn't because I was like, what if I do need to uh, restore my phone because I am on a beta? And I was like, what if this beta is really bad and I need to restore it to to something that's not a beta, right? An official yeah. uh, update. And that's the only reason I haven't you know, deleted it. And like, to be honest, I haven't used it in forever but i don't want to spend too much time talking about the software because everybody knows it's garbage but like you said in the beginning i do want to continue on magicians which is what you talked about me looking for and trying yeah. to watch which is the only reason i was using this piece of software using itunes was to watch a, a season and a half of a show called magicians and i will say i've caught up and it's an amazing show Oh yeah, man! It's it's, uh, it's, a, it's really got me like, oh my god! I've watched the first episode of season four now. I I have not. I have okay. not yet. And I'm super excited about what is to come, and how they're gonna do it. You know what I mean? So like, uh, it's it's gotten really interesting, and um, yeah. So iTunes is horrible for that. It made it really hard for me to watch this show. But I'm happy to have it because I was able to watch the show. I mean, there were other means of me watching the show. Uh, I do watch it also. I will say one thing about iOS while we're talking here about, uh, sorry, about uh, iTunes. Okay, yeah. when you go to when you go to your um, Apple TV, correct? Yes. Is it um, is it using iTunes to play to stream the shows? Is it is that how it works? It's using iTunes as well. If I have the show, no, it's using like the TV app. I guess it's pulling from the same servers as the as iTunes would, I guess. Okay, one thing I do have to say is like I go on my my computer, I watch an episode halfway all the way whatever it is, I get onto my Apple TV, which is an Apple TV 3, it's an old Apple TV. 
And it is right there. Continue just like Netflix. You know, it is continuing from where I watched it. It, it knows which episodes I watch, like, you know, being signed into both. Um, yeah. follows along exactly where I was. So I'm happy about that because I was like, this software's so old, maybe it's not really connected to uh, iTunes and giving it the information and what episode I've watched and where I'm at, you know? And I went into my bedroom and it's like, I continue watching it just like as if I were using Netflix. Yeah, I, I like that feature too. That's that's uh, That's been one of like the subtle things that they did that like most people don't pay attention to, but you, it's so just so so much more convenient um the other thing i would say is that the only thing i wish that it did that that netflix does do is the countdown and then automatically play the next episode and it it doesn't doesn't do that it doesn't do the countdown but it does play the next episode really yeah i'm pretty sure it plays maybe that's just on the apple tv at least on the apple tv i don't think it does that It'll just hmm. bring you back to like the TV show screen and then you can no, press I th- play again. And it's it weird play. because I'm thinking the opposite. I think my iTunes doesn't do that. And No, you're right. I think iTunes does do that and maybe the Apple TV doesn't. I'll let you know once I start watching another uh, show on there. Another thing I like about the Apple TV is that um, let's say I finish an episode in the, in the, in the living room on my yep. computer and I forget like was I on episode 7, 10 because it'll continue like we said at least on my computer and I will go into the bedroom and it's like, there's these little like blue dots beside every episode you haven't watched. Yeah. So I know I'm like on episode eight because that little blue dot is there. Just like if you were to go to Netflix, you'd have the bar and on. And actually it's funny on the phone, all the episodes that you have watched have a little white check check mark next to them. Right. So there's some way to know where you are. Yes, exactly. So I I do appreciate that, even though it's such a headache to use iTunes. But once I downloaded the season, I could get to it and watch it fine. But getting to the season, figuring out where it is, uh, the way like and again, I'm doing it a little differently because I'm going into uh, purchased items that weren't purchased by myself, but someone else on my family plan, you and um, it kind of doesn't to give you an example of what's really annoying is. Let's say I go into my co-host's purchased items. I go into this the the uh, show, so the magicians, and then there's like seasons and episodes. And I only want certain episodes from a season because I need like three or four to finish it. I go into see uh, episodes and it lists them all. And on the right side, it'll show you like season one or season two, but the order it's in is not the order the seasons in. So it won't yeah, be like it it'll give say, you an episode number. It just yeah, gives you the episode name. Name. That's it. So you're kind of like, what's the next one? So you got to go on like, you know, online and see like what's the next episode name after this episode. So that's something that's really annoying. It should be like just like makes sense. That's the way it should work. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's something they could improve upon. But um, let let's move on. I will say, the magicians. Wow, I really like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always I've liked to it. Get, I've been trying to get Danny to watch it because I feel like it's a show that's like right in his wheelhouse. I, I believe like he, so. One hundred percent. That is definitely uh, a show. It, just it's like, a it's a Danny show. You know it what is I a mean? Danny like, show, yeah. It's definitely a Danny show. I was I've been trying to get him to watch it, but but uh, he's a fucking loser who doesn't watch anything. You have to put that like on a USB, hand it to him, and be like, "Here, just watch it." No, I'm hoping that he'll hear this episode of me just calling him a loser and then he'll buy he'll <laughs> watch the fucking episode. It is Danny, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> bro, it is one hundred percent 
your type of episode. It's got everything from that one chick you would hope would die or that one dude you would hope would die. And you're, I could just imagine Danny having this conversation be right now. Good. I hope she's dead. You know what I mean? Or good. I hope he's dead. <laughs> oh, no, I don't give a shit about him. Good. I you don't know care. what though. There's <laughs> that moment when the girl like actually dies, the one girl and you're like, and you're like, Oh fuck. And it throws you off. Right? No, Danny would be like, I'm not watching it anymore. That's like, what I'm saying. That's the moment when Danny would be like, I'm not watching it anymore. It's I'm not done. watching like, it. Bro. Have and you then- watched this? And then he'd be like, well, I got up to this episode and, uh, I don't, um, I don't accept that episode. So the episode before that was the last one for me. and you can imagine you can hear him saying this right now right like yes 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 the the show ended on this episode before this happened it ended for me personally at this episode she never (laughs) died he never there is no episode 13 right then that never happened there's only 12 episodes this season uh but yeah it's totally him it's totally a show in his wheelhouse i think he would really enjoy it but again going back to last week where you had the same thoughts like oh shit character is gone i don't think i like the show anymore and i was like no wait keep watching and you're like okay sure and Uh, i'm I'm glad i kept watching and and it came to a point where it was just like uh every night my wife would be like hey we're gonna watch the magicians like she really got into it again amanda right and she's like magicians 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 and we're just like what's next it's a great it's a really great show like really well casted storytelling is really it's on point all the time like it's just a really great show. And the great thing about it is that they've departed from the original novels so much that they can kind of do whatever they want and go wherever they want and do whatever they want. So they're not oh, stuck yes. to like they're not stuck to like doing the things that happened in the books and and then like trying to figure out shit that didn't happen in the books whereas they from the very beginning of the actual show have have brought things from the books but departed enough that like they they've made a remix of the novels and and they can do whatever they want i've never read the novels i will say that the show is at a point where they could do whatever they want i will agree with you on that i haven't read the novels and i don't know how far off they've gone from it but in the show anything is possible like anything yeah and so with that being said if you're listening to this and you've gotten to this point 48 minutes in, then uh, you should probably watch a show if you're really interested in, like, uh, you know, sci-fi, uh, magic, you know, adult Harry Potter, is that's what I want to call right. it. Right, and, and I think that's what's really good about it, and I think that's why someone like Danny would like it, is is it's it's all that stuff plus the little bit of romance and backstabbing and all that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a, um, a sci-fi, you know... Um, drama love story i don't even know what the word to explain it but it's yeah. kind of like uh, for me um you know when you watch something like the originals which is another show i love you know you think like oh badass vampires killing everyone but then they've got the other reason you want to watch it is like this the love person, interest yeah the love interest stuff, and all romance, that right like a yeah. soap opera right like a, a bloody so like soap sam opera. sam loves that show that and like she, i don't think she's watched the new one legacies but she liked right. that and and vampire diaries and so like I'm currently going through and watching all all three seasons of Magicians with her, hoping that she'll like it. Because I feel like if you like those type of shows, then this is like the same thing, except a slightly different premise. There's no like vampires and shit like that, but it's all to do with magic. So I was like, I feel like they're so similar in some ways that like you if you enjoyed those shows for those reasons, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy the show for the same reasons. 
And the other part is the reason I'm rewatching it all over again is because I started watching parts of season three and she's like, wow, this is a fucked up show. Like this is like, this is crazy. This is weird. I don't. And I'm like, it's, it's only weird to you because you don't understand it. Right. You have no context for anything that's happening right now. And at that point, you know, she's interested. You're like, I want you to know the whole story because yes. it's a great show. Let's start exactly. it over. So I was like, I'll start it over. We'll watch it together so that you can you can get a breadth of the full story. Like this story has got highs and lows, some really fucked up people, some not really fucked up people like like it's it's good. It gets into this like weird fantasy realm and you're like, okay, I don't know if I enjoy this. But then the weird fantasy realm gets really fucked up and cool and (laughs) good, you know, so. Yeah, 100 percent. I I 100 percent did not really like that fantasy realm. And then it grew on me. Yeah, well, I mean, then then the whole the 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 elf thing happens, and you're like, oh shit, this is yeah. getting like a let's fucking let's drama. not ruin it for people. Let's just say, um, hey, go watch watch it. it. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, watch, watch it. it. I want to like bring up, uh, yeah, yes. if you like that type of show, I totally agree. Um, so we have a couple more topics to to discuss here, um, and I want to start off with one that was actually a request from one of our listeners. His name is Bat. Bra- I mean Batman. I mean Brandon. Uh, is not Batman. Uh, he doesn't have a secret phone. Uh, <laughs> oh man. He, uh, he, he listened to the podcast last week and he was like, Hey guys, you should talk about soldier boys, new bootleg ass console that he keeps trying to sell to people. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause me and you have talked about emulation before, but not really, um, in the context of somebody trying to sell some sort of bootleg console. So recently soldier boy has been trying, he tried to sell some shitty ass console before then he stopped selling it. Yeah. And now he's trying to sell one that looks like literally looks like a PlayStation Vita. Um, and it's an emulation console. Um, okay. So maybe I'm not looking at the correct one. The one I'm looking at looks like an Xbox S Xbox one S and then, like a switch wannabe controller so that's the old one that's, that's the, the old one okay so i gotta look up his like new one online they're like oh this thing only retails for like 50 bucks and he wanted like 150 dollars for it right so just he was be- just reselling something yeah yeah. That was- <laughs> yeah yeah he's just putting his name on it and reselling it so this other one this this playstation vita one which is his latest idea is uh it's you can buy them for like 30 bucks and he's selling them thirty or forty, and he's selling them for a hundred U.S. dollars. So um, he's trying to like just brand the shit out of like uh, someone else's product just by basically. stamping his name on it. Basically, he's taking like super not very great, you know, Chinese uh, emulation products that might as well be like a hundred and one games kind of thing, and. And is it putting, all like copywritten games that he's yeah, not allowed all to like sell emulation, anyway? Like literally like Super <laughs> Nintendo games and all that shit running on these consoles, right? Um and and yeah, he's like oh dude, I don't know. Like it's out of this world that someone like Soldier Boy would think that this would you know, uh take off in any sort of way. So um, let me ask you a question. So is yeah. this the console, first of all, that looks like you said what? Like a Game Boy? Looks like a PlayStation Vita. A PlayStation Vita. Okay. So maybe it is the the other picture. It's just both consoles are there. The PlayStation Vita one. So let me ask you a question. You think now, Soldier Boy. Yeah. First of all, I wasn't a huge fan of his music. 
Um, I don't know who is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't a huge fan of his music. This sounds like this seems like a desperate, you know, um, way to try to make some cash. But do you think, like, let's be honest, Soldier Boy? I don't know how much he'd be into technology, but he's sitting down with this other person who's like, "Hey, check this out, man! I can play all these old games yeah. on, you know, my my Android device." And he's like, "Yo, man!" I could sell this. Yeah. <laughs> I could goddamn that, sell this. I wouldn't, you, you know what? I wouldn't doubt that was the conversation, like, to be honest. Nobody knows about this. Let's let's market the shit out of this idea. And it's like, no, no, dude, you can get this on like eBay for cheap, like 30 bucks. You can get a console with a bunch of, there's no point of us, but does it have the soldier name on it? <laughs> but does it have the soldier <laughs> boy name on it? <laughs> they're like no so he goes out to ebay bro this guy buys like a thousand units and just grabs stickers bro and like soldier boy soldier boy soldier boy soldier boy then you know that white you know that white console the white handheld one you were looking at so supposedly the one that the the actual handheld is that one whereas the the images that they were putting out of it was the like literally look like a playstation vita and it's just a it's just a clusterfuck of this whole thing this not only gets into like copyright laws and and you know he's he's bringing uh, in my opinion like a bad name to you know historical you know reasons for backing up games and having emulators and stuff and he's just like bringing emulation into a negative light by trying that, to sell these like cheap ass like consoles with his name on it. That's you just know? to me it's hilarious though. How oh no, definitely. Like, it's fucking it's out of this world hilarious. <laughs> it's like, listen, I'm going to go out there and get some Chinese ripoff uh, uh emulation system and just brand the shit out of it with a name that honestly in my opinion has no backing to it. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I don't not. care if you sold the Soldier Boy shoe. Soldier who? <laughs> Soldier, Soldier what? Soldier Boy game console? Are you? For, I've never heard about this until you put it on the list. I'm like, yeah. There's a Soldier Boy console. I mean, Who'd as I- of recently, he's been trying to like, I want to get into the limelight. I don't know. Like, he's been doing a ton of interviews. Basically, one of his interviews, he said like, uh, he taught Drake everything he knows. Um. Yeah, like it's it's absolutely insane. Like this dude is like batshit crazy. I guess no press is bad press, so maybe talking True. shit about him trying to come up with this is bringing Soldier Boy back into the light. He's almost I almost feel like this is like what's the other guy's name? Uh uh Boo or Baj the guy who said he's a clone? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. He he names himself after like a Dragon Ball Z character. Come on, you know who he is. He says he's a clone. He literally he's went a on rapper? a Yes, he literally went on an interview and he's like, I'm a clone. And he's like, I am a clone from, um, I forgot what the name is, based in Canada. My clone number is blah, blah, blah. Like, this is a legit re- I've uh, interview. I've never heard of this in my life. What is my- this? I'm so intrigued now because I've never heard of this in my life. And he is names a, himself- He's a rapper? He's a rapper. I'm trying rapper to Rapper look- who thinks- His name- He's a clone. <laughs> yeah this is kid not... boo his name is there kid you go boo? kid boo so he names himself after uh boo like majibu or whatever his name is in dragon ball z yeah yeah well i mean he's kind of named himself kid boo yeah which is, there you is yeah, an homage which is... to so this man if you look at one of his interviews he says he's a second generation clone from clone aid 
which is a company in Canada who says they've cloned a child, <laughs> but won't. So he sits there and he's like, he's having a serious conversation. Like, you know, like he's a known rapper. Like, I don't know how big he is. This guy looks <clears throat> like the, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say this for the audience. This guy looks like he woke up one day, saw <laughs> a face tattoo rapper, like Lil pump. and was like, I'm going to do that as a joke. And <laughs> literally got his hair into like the colored dreadlocks, got some facial tattoos, and is now having interviews about how he escaped a cloning facility. Yeah, and and at this point, like a lot of people have said, he's only even known for like buying his own records and hyping his own, you know, like like fake, fake, yeah, fake, fake it. Again, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. And the funny I thing is, doubt like, it, bro. <laughs> it's like what what is so special about you that they wanted to clone you? And and I'm sorry, I'm getting off the whole Soldier Boy console, but this is kind of like in the same realm. Like people will go to extremes just to get like yeah noticed. for the publicity, yeah, yeah for the exactly. publicity. And this guy had like a video out there. I don't know what he did to do it, but he had a video where he's sitting with another guy who looked exactly like him. I love him, how you or... just said, I don't know what he did to do it. Like he gave hand jobs or something in order for no, no, to I, I mean, like <laughs> what, what application he used or if he has a twin brother, which I don't think <clears throat> he has a twin brother. But he is like, see, I do have a clone. But in this interview, oh, and he, he sits says, down next to himself. <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's easy. You or just something, mirror yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, of course. Just, that's what I'm saying. You I don't film know it twice and you pretend like you're interacting with yourself. But I think now, if they were a... touching, if they touched in any sort of way, then it would be different. But he's sitting Bro. like <laughs> five feet away from himself. He starts giving his clone a hand job. He's like, you don't think this is real, buddy? You don't think this is real? But the messed up thing is like, he's also known for it. And look this up. Google this right now. Yeah. Google um, Kid Boo. Uh, stole my cat <laughs> he's also Kid known for like stealing somebody's cat or something stole, like that dude. stole i can't my make cat. this up stole adam's cat <laughs> i can't make this up bro oh i know who adam 22 is so he stole adam 22's cat bro get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah so like there's a whole like this guy's i just you know youtube videos come up this is like trending i'm like what what this guy's clonate this is like a real oh, you know oh, kid boo <laughs> this is adam 22's channel he's like kid boo the rapper who tried to kidnap my cat <laughs> like maybe you want to clone the cat <laughs> that's fucking hilarious for his other for his There's other actually clone? <laughs> like photos of dude with adam 22's cat in his hands bro um, so Adam Twenty Two is a YouTuber, I'm assuming. He's a he's more than a YouTuber. He's a big like hip hop enthusiast slash okay. YouTuber now. He's got big on Instagram. He's still got a big Instagram following, and then I guess he now has a podcast called No Jumper as well as uh, a YouTube channel. So what I'm trying to get at here is, if you're listening, Kid Boo and uh, Soldier Boy, is you guys are two in the same. See, Soldier Boy is trying to clone someone else's <laughs> gaming console. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and Kid Boo is a clone of, <laughs> I'm assuming, someone who's not named Kid Boo. You guys should get together and talk about how to professionally clone someone else, someone else's product, and maybe, like, you know, get some publicity on it. Like, put, like, uh, Adam22's cat on the console, you know what I mean? That's Be like, hilarious. <laughs> I stole this cat. Come check Holy out this shit. console. <laughs> and have like a game. Like make a console, a legit console. <clears throat> and the game could be Kid Boo. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Kid Boo stealing Adam 22's cat, and you have to get away before Adam 22 finds you. I don't know, you know? why Soldier Boy went that method. If he if he has a lot of money like he says he does, why don't he just start like I don't think he has a, a development lot of money like team and like make a fucking game for an existing console and make it. But so there are some not shitty. There are some known rappers out there that um, you know give him homage for for teaching is that the correct term to use that word yeah uh, homage. give them homage, homage for like you know showing them the ropes and getting them where they are and they love soldier boy oh no and that's great i'm not saying otherwise i i think like do i think he did something for the the for the rap game and the rap community yeah he he definitely did he proved that you can make catchy songs and wacky dances and they'll be adopted by you know young people everywhere um, and now and he's trying to prove that in the console game you could just take a chinese console for like 30 bucks slap and your clone name it. on it <laughs> clone it like kid boo you clone it like kid boo and you steal okay listen you steal their console like kid boo kid boo try to steal the the cat and then you clone it just like kid boo <laughs> and then you slap <laughs> your name on it and you're like yo Soldier Boy console, come check it out, people. But but for real though, like he he could have done this in way better ways, and made it more legit. You know, uh, the one thing I do know about Soldier Boy is he's a big gamer, and so like this this ties directly into that part of him that loves to game. He's a huge okay, but hold Xbox on. gamer. Honestly, if you're a huge Xbox gamer. You would not be doing this, to be honest. Right That's now, what I'm saying. You, That's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to get to. Oh, okay. the, being an Xbox gamer, like you could have gone about either making your own game or or something else like, other than just selling bootleg just, consoles. Just a quick example. What was that? Def Jam? What? That that fighting game? Remember? Fight for New York. That was a fucking badass game. Right. Like you could have gone that route. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have gone like, "Hey, I'm Soldier Boy. I or, want to talk to a rally bunch of, up, like, rally up the people behind those original games and be like, "Hey, I've got 57 signatures of rappers who would be interested in being in another Def Jam game. Let's or let's his do own this. version. I will, yeah. I will invest my own money and get that done, and we'll have a badass rapper fighting game like Fight for New York back in the day, you know." But no, he decided, I'm going to talk to some Chinese company who makes these clone consoles, and I'm going to buy a ton of them and then resell them for something ridiculous. You, know? you would have thought he has like powerful people behind him, like attorneys and stuff, that are like, this is a really bad idea. This is all copywritten material. It, prob- it probably is. They probably <laughs> did tell him that. He probably just didn't listen. I guess I w- he's I just in that state of mind where he's like, yo, I'm a crazy gamer. I want to show how people how much I am into gaming. By coming out with a console, I I don't know, man. I I don't even know what he was thinking. I don't because if you really enjoy gaming, you don't want to bring out a product like that. No, That's yeah, no, I totally agree. Is. I totally agree. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I back to your sentiment. If you are that much of a gamer, this is a product that should not exist in your head. Plain and simple, unless it's done really well, like one of those like. Have you ever seen those like eight bit? Uh, no, what are they called? There's a company called Analog who makes these super beautiful remade consoles that are fully original. They are called, uh, one is called the Analog NT and the other one's called the Super Analog NT. 
And these are remakes of the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, respectively. And they're coming out with one soon for the Sega Genesis. And again, from the ground up, built by by them, them. There's nothing that they stole, nothing. These are brand new, original, uh, with FPGA hardware, which means it emulates the hardware of the original consoles. And you can play your original cartridges and all that stuff in them. Like, do something like that. That's super dope. And people appreciate shit like that. Don't just go out and buy this, like, you know, PlayStation Vita style, uh, you know, emulation console just because you want to put your name on it and sell it, you know. Just to add to that, he also has a soldier watch. I I don't even know. Does he? (laughs) Yeah, he has something called the soldier watch. He has two consoles and a watch. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm just I'm just looking at someone going through the console and you have to see how shitty this console is. Like it literally is just like a Chinese console and and like your your menu here is going to be like uh CPS game, Neo Geo game, NES Dude, game. Dude, it's something <laughs> that you buy at Pacific Mall for $25. Let's be Yeah, real. it's like, it's insane. This it's is like not something this you is, take seriously. This is not even as good as like a retro pie. Like, um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't doubt yeah. it. I wouldn't doubt a it. Raspberry I, pie. I, you know, I wouldn't doubt that you could actually make a Raspberry Pi version of a portable that is is way better than this thing. They probably have kits for that. No doubt about it. You know what I mean? And he's uh, trying to like at this point, you're marketing. Like the only thing I could think in his head is he's marketing it against things like the NES Classic and the PlayStation Classic and stuff like that, which is like an official product that works the way it's meant to be, which is, you know, paid for. Funny like about official. the PlayStation Classic. I own one. And I still have yet to take it out of the box. Really? A PlayStation Classic? Yeah. There's what? Like 20 games on that thing. It's like 20 or some odd. Yeah. Some of the best games, games like Twisted Metal. How much I'm actually so the reason I haven't opened it or taken it out of the box is I'm waiting for someone to hack it in an easy way. I know they get all your games on it. Um, just because I feel like the library or lineup of that console right now is like not the greatest other than a couple of games. Like where are my Crash Bandicoots? Like where are my like real good games that I used to play? Like there's probably two games in that entire title list that I'm like, yeah, I used to play that. I really enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I haven't opened it. I was kind of mad because over the Boxing Week sales, they dropped the price to like $79 and I bought it for full price, which is how $130. Long, how how long into owning the device did they drop? Like less than a month? Like, yeah, like a month and a half yeah, later there's, they dropped. Yeah, there's price guarantees though. I, I don't know. No, it was there's way price past guarantees. price guarantee. It's 30-day price guarantee. No, it was way past that though. Oh, I asked you. You said within a like, month. Like, I bought it on launch, like the day of. Oh, okay. Right? Which was, I don't know, back in sometime in October. It's because it didn't November. blow up as much as p- people thought it would. No, it's just because the game lineup and supposedly the performance of those games is not the greatest. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because PlayStation 1 uh, is still one of those you need, like, a certain amount of power to emulate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, especially smoothly. And even something like a retro pie, um, sorry, a uh, Raspberry Pi, uh, the 3B model, it can emulate, but not every game will be a hundred percent. 
So, like, it's still one of those things. Yeah, so uh, I could imagine. You would think PlayStation would figure it out before they put out yeah, a product. Yeah, that's but... the thing, right? Like, <laughs> Nintendo did their due diligence and made sure that the NES Classic and the SNES Classic worked perfectly. But Sony was like, yeah, we'll just do what they did and then did it terribly. And that's not good. It sucks. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's um... Let's move on. Before we move on, I hope we satisfied... Uh, what Brandon wanted us to yeah, talk about, or, Bat, or Batman. Bat Brandon, yeah. Bat, Batman wanted us to talk about. Hopefully, uh, we did you justice. Um, maybe we didn't go too much into details. I don't think you could really go into specs uh, when it's a console like that. But, um, yeah. I guess but, we'll be know, looking forward to... Said, I, I really like the segment of, you know, someone, you know, suggesting something we talk about and and i think it worked out well in my opinion so if, you, if you're i love to keep doing it and you actually want us to discuss something that you find really interesting like let us know uh you know you can hit us up if you know us personally you can just hit us up but uh you know you can find us where we usually are on social media so i'll, I'll be saying that at the end of the show i don't have to say it right now um, all right just so yeah uh, i wanted to talk about Sorry, Just one second ahead. before we go. Everyone, keep your eyes out. Make sure you um, have it on your Christmas list next year. I think it might be already out. A Soja Boy, um, the Soja Pad. All right? Like an iPad, but the Soja Pad. Okay. Anyways, keep, keep it on Christmas list. Uh, go on. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, 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 I am a person who really enjoys these things called sneakers. And I mm-hmm. also am a person who loves technology because as you all know, who are listening and you, my co-host, we have a joint podcast that we are currently doing about technology. And, and so this is why I put this next, um, yeah, just, just to interrupt you there. This is exactly why when I saw this, I was like, I don't understand how this is not on the list. When I have a geek brother here who is a hundred percent into technology and a thousand percent into sneakers, how is this not in here? I don't know so if it would I had be a hundred to a thousand percent. That yeah. ratio seems <laughs> a bit off, but yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Nike actually just released or announced the release of uh, a new shoe that has their. Um, auto lacing technology. So for a bit of the people who don't know what I'm talking about, um, Nike originally created auto lacing technology for the air mags. The air mags are the shoe that you see in, uh, back to the future Two. Um, these are the Nike shoes that automatically lace themselves. They made actually real world versions of those a couple of years back. Don't quote me on the year. Um, and they sold them for charity. The follow-up to that shoe was called something called the Nike Adapt. The Nike Adapt was a lifestyle shoe that actually had a newer version of their um, auto-lacing technology. It used uh, a charger that clipped onto the bottom of the shoe uh, to charge the shoe. Um, and fast forward to basically upcoming in February, if I'm right, they're releasing something called the Nike Adapt BB. This is a basketball shoe um, that also has the auto lacing technology. Uh, the cool new additions that I've seen is that the charger now seems to be a wireless pad that you just put your shoes on and they will charge right. the shoes. It and is. That's the, that's exactly what it is. And then the other piece is that 
it now has an app that accompanies the shoes that will allow you to set the tightness of each shoe on your left and right. And I think the app is literally called Nike left and right or something like that. Um, but it, it's super dope. That's super, super cool. So let me just say one thing about this shoe right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, the original Nike um, self-lacing shoes were way too expensive. That's number yes. one. They were just like out of everyone's price range. And they were like a little extreme. Uh, can, look, can I touch you know on that mean? just a bit? Yeah, so go ahead. The original Nike Adapt was 750 US dollars. Uh, and the Air Mag before that, I think there wasn't a set price to them, but I know on the resale market, they, they go upwards of a couple of thousand dollars for a pair. So, And those original ones from the the movie, those were like you needed to have an extreme taste and style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to want those, if right? If you're buying those, I would say it's less to wear and more to more have collection. a replica shoe of something that right. existed in a movie, especially if it's a movie you really liked. But the Nike Adapt, which I'll be honest, when they first announced and released it, I don't think they ever released in Canada. But when I heard about them, I was like, I want this shoe. This is super dope. And then I heard the price tag and I was like, oh, I still want the shoe, but it's harder to justify a $750 shoe. Uh, American. These new ones, the Nike Adapt BB, um, I'm guessing they're getting to a point slowly where they can bring down the price. And so the BB shoe is actually 350 US dollars, which is kind of in line with uh, the Yeezy 500s. The Yeezy 500s are roughly 350 US, 400 Canadian. Um, and so in my brain, I was like, okay, it's not it's not too hard to justify a shoe with that amount of technology and for that price tag, it's not terrible, but so yes, can I touch on that? I, I, you know, touching on the price, like we're talking 350 us, you said, right? Yes, sir. This is only because our Canadian dollar is really low that, you know, of course for us, it's going to be around $400, which seems pretty steep, but plenty of people have spent, 200 250 to 300 dollars especially when i was younger on some really good looking nike shoes you know what i mean so like like it's not crazy jordan's just for anyone with any sort of context a lot of jordans in canadian start at 255 dollars so uh there's the context and and those are just regular old like uh jordan basketball shows like jordan threes or jordan fours most of them Unless, especially when they're made of premium materials, go for upwards of, of two fifty and, and up. So, and none of these shoes have any technology in them. So to sell besides this shoe, the sole technology, like the right. the materials in the sole, like Air or Zoom or whatever. No, they definitely generally most of the cost, from my perspective, and I'm again, I'm no expert, is probably from the materials that they make it with. Right, and branding, of course. Yeah, and branding. So, like if. For example, anybody who goes out to buy, I'm going to use a um, a Nike uh, Air Max One. Let's let's use that as an example. The cost of an Air Max One made with just regular uh, cloth materials, and the cost of one that comes with a lot of leather, uh, you'll see there's a slight difference. So might one might be like 180 versus the other one might be like 120. You know, right? So the I just want to get back to the second point on this shoe that really caught my attention is I hate 
I personally hate shoes with too much going on. I'm just not a big fan of shoes with way too many designs. Which this shoe is clean. I actually really do like the style of it. Very I do. Clean. I love how it's a very clean shoe. Like I love how they've got like a check mark within a check mark. You know what I mean? It's 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 a very clean look. No laces, of course. It's it's, <clears> it's really a, dope. It looks it's like a slip on shoe, right? And that and it, that's what it, it looks like. It reminds me of a shoe like even though it's a basketball shoe, it it it's definitely a shoe that looks like you could wear it for a lifestyle. Like it, it could be a lifestyle shoe. Right. And maybe that's what they were going for. And I, that's what I truly appreciate about this shoe is that it's it's definitely a shoe like most basketball shoes. You look at them, you're like, oh, I like that basketball shoe, but I would never wear that out day to day. This is a shoe that is a basketball shoe that you're like, yeah, I could definitely see myself wearing that day to day. To be 100 percent honest, I would buy this shoe even without the smart technology in it for the shoelaces just based on the way it looks. I personally really like the way it looks. Um I would never personally buy these shoes, number one, because they look like they would not be comfortable for me at all. But also the price. I cannot justify that much money for a shoe that I will probably, if I wore on a daily basis, destroy within a month, even if I tried to take care of it just based on the soles of the shoes getting destroyed by me walking around. But for anybody who does enjoy sneakers, anybody who does have like plenty of pairs and you know uh, a huge amount of shoes and won't be wearing these every day just like maybe once in a while or maybe they just don't they don't put that much punishment on their shoes period and you're into technology and you're into the shoe uh the lace uh the laces um uh shoe man forget the word shoes with no laces at least not physically seeing any laces yeah this is definitely the shoe for you. I mean, it's and not the first shoe with no laces. There's a lot. No, of shoes it's on the, the with no laces, to lace themselves but... though. To lace yeah. Themselves. I mean, that's, that's a totally thing, but I mean, that aesthetic has always been there, right? No, for sure. Like a slip on shoe. It's always been there. Yeah. And, uh, I have to say that, um, this goes back to what we were talking about prior about like, we're going to be in that generation. So it's just so lazy. They had smart shoes. <laughs> they were so lazy shoes. They didn't even tie their shoes anymore. And and this is where it's come to. I mean, yeah. I mean, everything. I mean, the convenience. I think with technology, and this is like a bigger, broader discussion, but like, I think with technology, we're trying to get to a point where we have to focus. And you could take it as laziness, but we're trying to focus less and less on the mundane, random things that we have to do in our lives so that we can spend that time doing something else. You know what I mean? Uh, so like the need for, you know, there's always been a need to tie your shoes because shoes have always traditionally come with laces. Right. But imagine in a world where you could cut down, you know, seconds of time in this case, cause that's a bad example, but you know, you cut down seconds of time by just slipping on a shoe, pressing a button and they auto lace, right? Like you don't even have to consider anything. Um, but that's what it's come to. Uh, I don't uh, – sorry to interrupt, but it's just come to the point where the most valuable thing in the world is time and even seconds is worth money because it's saving you time because seconds over of lifespan is a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah. I mean imagine imagine you got home from work and dinner was already cooked. 
right? right. Like, These are all the things like now you have an extra, you know, hour to yourself. Imagine and that's you did what's the laundry the most. and a machine next to your, your laundry machine folded all your clothes. Right now you have time to do something else that is not this mundane task of I need to fold clothing so that it will fit in my drawers. You know what I mean? By the way, they do have like a dresser that folds clothes. I know. And I definitely, they definitely do have (laughs) machines that fold clothing. I'm I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm saying like that those technologies right now are still fairly expensive, but at some point in time, like you know, like the invention of the, you know, the, the wire to hang your clothes outside the clothesline, you know, we're going to get to a point where we, we don't need to waste our time with these mundane things because there are machines and robots that will just do it for us, you know, and now we can spend our time actually doing more important things like spending time with our family and cocaine and watching TV and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Definitely cocaine. Definitely, <laughs> cocaine. definitely cocaine. I'm all about that. <laughs> cocaine <laughs> or or chopped up fairies. I don't know where that chopped came up from, fairies but I would is do probably fairies, the best yeah. one. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. nobody will understand. Go watch but, the magicians. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's the thing, right? Like that's that's where we're trying to get to in our lives. Is like, and even in in your day to day, there's probably something that you do so often that you're like, I wish I could just automate this. I wish I didn't have to focus my time on doing this. You know what I mean? Um, And that's why we spend our time like min maxing parts of our life, like trying to figure out, you know, uh, oh, if I do this and then I do that, like think about, you know, think about the mundane task of walking up to a light switch and turning on a light. Me and you have gone to the extent of getting rid of that interaction altogether. Right. And it's not yes. because we're lazy. It's just because it's more convenient. You know. No, I'm, I mean? I've come to the point where, and and again, this is like uh, because I I do have a condo. I know in your situation you don't, but I've come to the point where I get up in the morning and my alarm goes off, then my lights turn on, and then I leave. Like this is this is how much um, time I save. I get up in the morning, certain lights turn on to certain brightness. Like my whole place is is at that point where every light is a smart light. Um, I literally leave my door, unlock it. It then locks itself. And then when I get back home, it unlocks itself. Once I'm in front of it, I then walk in. The lights that I need to turn on, turn on. And that's basically, I don't touch any light switches anymore. And the crazy thing is that those triggers, like I have an app called the home app. It's not the regular home app from uh, Apple, but it's another home app because you can do some deeper shit with it. And one of the deeper things that I can see like you doing with it is the trigger for those lights is not the fact that you're home, but the fact that the door is unlocked. See, that's really cool. And you should save that app for another episode. We ha- we were going to go into it deep, but you will send me the link to that app. Yeah, I just will go use back it. through my apps and you, you'll see it. I, I will check it out. We should go more into con- in, in, deep into that. Uh, you know, join us on another podcast. You will hear about that app and you will hear about my recent purchase when it comes to smart locks. All right. So the final topic that we have to talk about today is uh, you put down here um, – how do you feel about the hole punch cameras on newer devices? And I'm assuming you're talking about, uh, especially like the long rumored um, Samsung Galaxy S10 
and supposedly it doesn't have a notch or anything, but it just has like a little hole punch in the screen for where the camera is going to be, but the rest of the screen is visible. I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about, right? I am, but I'm also talking about devices that already have this, which is like the Huawei Nova 4. Oh, okay. Which already has a devices. yeah, so it already has a hole punch um, camera in it. And you know, my main question to you is, um, what do you think about the hole punch in a corner versus the um, versus the uh, the notch in the middle? Now, let me just clarify that the hole punch is just a camera. So when we're talking about something like an iPhone 10 or 10s or 10s Max or the uh, 10R, there is a reason that notch is that big and there's a reason it's there. It's because there's so much more technology yeah. and sensors in there, including, um, you know, the face unlock sensors, uh, the speaker and all that. These other devices, we're saying just the camera. So if if you are a device that literally just put the the notch there for the camera alone, then what do you think about having the hole punch on a corner versus the notch in the middle. I I to be honest like the whole pull, hole punch thing. I don't think it's that terrible to be honest. I like the fact that like anything that's going to get us closer to edge to edge screens I don't care. Let's do it. Like yeah, know, I, I as feel long the as same it makes way. sense and like as long as the interaction with my phone is not broken, like even if Apple were to do this and still find a way to do uh you know face ID I don't care. I don't care how they do it. Um, do it. I, if you cannot obstruct my view with a notch, I'm all for it, dude. Like I'm good. I um, think it. I think it looks great. I honestly think that even that hole punch in the corner is still a better solution uh, than a teardrop in the middle. And that's that's just my opinion. There's some some cool things I saw them doing with that. Um, that uh hole punch and and here's one of them and i don't know if this is uh what they're saying is going to come out on the new s10 or this is out on something and i'm just just don't know i've just seen like clips of it and basically to open up your camera let's say on the lock screen you'd go to that hole punch and you would slide down and it'd be like the whole screen would turn black kind of like um peeling back from that edge and then your camera would turn on and that's that was such a cool animation. You know what I mean? That was such a cool animation to turn on. You would just go from there and swipe down and it would like peel back the wallpaper and your camera turns on. That's pretty dope. That That yeah, is that, a pretty cool interaction, to be honest. Right. That, and I thought that was really cool. And I was like, wow, that is like and then again, I don't know if this is someone's, um, uh, you know, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Someone's uh, I don't know. Someone's what? <laughs> like it, like someone puts out a picture of what they think the iPhone 10 is. Uh, oh, like a like a concept or a model. Yeah, someone's concept. I don't know if this is someone's concept video or if this is something that's actually out on something like the Huawei Nova 4. I've just seen clips here and there like on. Uh, so wait, does the Huawei Nova 4 actually exist? Or is it- From what I understand, yes, it does exist. Because I know Samsung is supposed to be announcing the S10. Supposedly the S10 is going to come in like a bunch of different Infinity O versions. That it does exist. It does exist because there are plenty of videos with hands on, and it does have that little oh the 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 Samsung stuff leaked. No, no, uh, the Nova Four. The Nova Four Nova Four does exist. Yeah, 
So I think the Nova 4 is probably one of the first phones to come out with that hole punch, at least like from a name brand that we know here in North yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's really cool. I think the biggest piece is like we don't know the benefits or the drawbacks until we have videos of people using them or critiquing them in some sort of way. And so I think I think ultimately, like while me and you can sit back and go, yeah, this is really cool. I'm down for it. We don't know the things that might get in the way uh, of having that type of thing. And like going back to what you were saying earlier, the other the other pieces that how is something like face ID? No one else is really doing face ID the way like Apple is doing it. Right. They've all stuck to like, eh, we're not going to go in that direction. We're just going to keep doing under under screen fingerprint sensors or you know, super mundane versions of Face ID that just use, like, the camera. You know what I mean? Right. Not so, really secure versions yeah. or versions that will work in every... Uh, yeah, every, yeah. Every scenario. Every or, scenario, whether it's dark, condition. light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, I, I personally think it's a really dope thing that I'm I'm super stoked to see, but... Who knows until the Samsung version comes out and you have like the verge and all of them with hands-on videos. Like we kind of don't know what, what we're losing, if anything, uh, when, when it comes to something like that, you know? And, you know, going on, on the basis of, you know, what do you like to see on your screen? What about having the slide of phone, which does exist already? Not the mechanical slide of phone, uh, not the automated slide of phone. But just, uh, you know, like mechanical, like you slide with your hand up. And I don't remember what phone does this, um, but there is a phone out there. It is kind of a throwback to some of those old ass phones, like the Ericsson phones of the back in the day, you know, the Samsung phones back in the day. Um, I know what you're talking about, where you just you use your physical hand to slide the thing up, you know, and it locks into place. I think it's a cool concept. But I don't think that ultimately that's where phone goes. Like whenever I look at like a concept like that, I kind of go and I tell myself, will Apple do it? And if the answer is no, I don't think it will be adopted. And not, and I'm not saying that because I think Apple, you know, is the be all end all. I'm saying that because Apple has this, uh, you know, mentality of, of making things seamless and, and, you know, quote unquote, it just works. And I feel like if they're not willing to do something mechanically to a phone like that, or even Samsung is not willing to do, uh, something like that, then I don't think from a consumer's perspective that it's going to take off. Okay. But what do you think about it personally? Forget about it taking off. Would you like that as a feature on your phone? I wouldn't mind it. I mean, like it's not like we haven't had phones like that before. I wouldn't I, I know think... unless I used it to be honest. Like I used to have a Samsung phone that you would slide in the opposite direction for a speaker. And uh and I loved it. I love that fact, but but again, unless I have a phone in my hand and I'm used to using it that way, I don't think. Then again, like I don't take a lot of selfies. Like I'm not a selfie person. The only time you'll find me, me taking a selfie is my wife is under my left arm and we are in some other country and we're taking a selfie because we want to document our vacation. 
That's literally the only time I take selfies or if I'm with somebody who I haven't seen in a long time. Like the last selfies that I have on my phone are me and my wife and me and you because we went to that Aurora festival thing. 100%. I I personally with this don't use the selfie camera either. Never. At some point I'm just like don't even give me a notch. Don't give me the camera. You know what I mean? Or give me some really cool software that will uh, allow me to use the back camera and it'll know like where my face is and I can kind of pick where I want like use technology in that way somehow to make you know a, a using the back camera a possibility for a selfie even yeah, though I'm pretty yeah. sure that I'm pretty sure that would take a lot of technology I but mean, I'm pretty funny sure thing it could be is done. It's CES this year someone announced a phone that actually has a screen on the back yeah I've seen that already yeah so with the, the screen on the back so when you go to take a selfie the screen on the back turns on <laughs> right which and it's a full-fledged touchscreen which is a good idea yeah. in the sense of Hey, you know what I mean? Like now you can just flip your phone around and you're using the best camera for a selfie. But yeah. and, this, a... and this phone didn't have a selfie camera. It just had the back. Right. Just camera. the back camera. But the dumb part about that is like now how do cases work on this thing? And now how do like now if you drop it and it, now you have two screens to worry about, like there's way too many things I wouldn't want about that. Like two screens is like, no, I don't need it. You know what I mean? But Straight just up. A, a smart way of doing it. But the slide up. I kind of like that. I uh, number one, like I'm a fidgety person, and having that slide up, I probably break the phone. But I, <laughs> I, I would like sliding it up. Like we're not talking like the phone wouldn't slide in half. You know no, what I mean? No. But it would just it would be just like be a, a little, little bit of a slide. Yeah, a little bit would slide up, and it would have like in the sense of like an iPhone, it would have all your sensors there. So if you wanted to unlock your phone, you wouldn't hit the power button or lift it. You would just like slide up, it unlocks, and you'd slide it back down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would have to make it so fast where if you slid up and slid down within like second, it would like unlock your phone. You know what I mean? And in that sense, there are a lot of other that issues. That would be with that. really dope. That would be cool, right? But there, are, I, I understand from like a sense of hey trying to make the phone waterproof now and trying to stop dust from going in there and making sure this doesn't break. There are that, but just the cool factor, like, Hey, I'm going to unlock my phone, just slide up, slide down. That's it. My phone's unlocked. If I want to take a selfie, like if the phone is locked, you slide up. If you hold it for more than when it's locked, it automatically goes into selfie mode. But once the phone's unlocked, if you slide up, it knows you want to go into selfie mode. It would just put up the selfie camera. You know I, what I mean? I have a better better idea. And we've come up with this early in the podcast. I think for ultimate security, lip and tip detection is probably <laughs> lip and the, tip detection. Is probably the best way to go. You okay? definitely would not want a slide version of lip and tip detection. And you, you know also probably mean? wouldn't share your phone because that would probably be gross. That would probably definitely <laughs> listen to our uh, I'm sorry we didn't call the episode the lip and tip detection episode but go back i'm pretty sure you can find out what episode that is if you haven't heard it you gotta hear about our lip and tip detection forget retina forget we are the entrepreneurs about the next security software yes okay i'm pretty sure dragon's den would love to hear this you know what i mean they'd love to have us (laughs) imagine maybe (laughs) imagine presenting that to them (laughs) (laughs) so there's a whole new way and you you pull out this like um, you know, board where you're just drawn everything and like, how do you unlock it with the tip? And there's this huge penis on there. Did you know that every penis has a unique <laughs> fingerprint? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the size, the shape, the girth, everything is different <laughs> about this penis? It's like it a selfie, yours. but for your dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> with every tip detection, <laughs> with every tip detection. <laughs> Let's not go into this again. It's <laughs> oh, like a whole hour. But yeah, I think this. I think the going back to the sliding concept, I, I think it's really cool. I definitely probably use it. I just don't know if if it would going back to what I said, I, I don't know if it would be widely adopted in, in that sense. I don't, I don't think so because honestly, there's also another thing with having a slide up and I don't know if this makes sense, but it almost makes the phone and you could agree or disagree with me feel cheaper. I mean, I think it could be done well in a way where it feels premium, but yeah, I could see what you mean. You know what I mean? Just feels like, Oh, this is a slide up. Like there has to be some. Like what is in this? Two thousand and four. Yeah, like, yeah. Like geez. what are we doing here? Slide up? Like come on. What is this? Like remember the phone I had, the Nokia, whatever it was called. Yeah, I had a few of them. The Nokia slide up phones were the, the and they N95 were really cool. And the yeah, ninety whatever. Yeah, those were. They're, they slid in both ways, right? Media yeah, controls they, on the top, and then yeah, exactly. You would slide on one bottom. way, you'd get this, and you slide the other way, you get like these small media controls. Yeah, so I th- I think like. I don't know. Everyone's trying to find the solution for this camera to give you a full screen. And it's like we're at the point like, wow, we've gone to that point where we can't handle little black bars. Well, I mean, they they, they back themselves into a corner by putting a camera on the front. Right. Like that. That's the biggest problem is that everybody is so used to a camera on the front of your phone that if you were to take it out, there would be an uproar. You know what I mean? Yeah, this would be worse than like, I mean, 10 times worse than the headphone jack. Like we are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We are a selfie centric society these days, you know, so it would make no sense to do it the opposite way. People would lose their fucking shit, you know. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a really it's. We've seen everybody try their own version of it, whether it's the Find (laughs) X or the Vivo or whatever. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> now you mess me up with that tip detection because of the whole under the screen like fingerprint. <laughs> now you can have tip detection with under the screen tip detection, bro. You just smudge it on there, bro. <laughs> you start you like find tapping the right it, bro. angle and uh, unlock. Just like, see, excuse me, what are you doing to that phone? I'm just trying to unlock this thing. Just give me a minute. It hasn't recognized the tip yet. Someone has to have made that into like a fucking like funny TED Talk video or some shit. You know? Oh my god, you made me ruin this goddamn podcast because I'm just thinking about someone smashing <laughs> their goddamn head or their penis into their phone and they're like. God damn, under the screen is not that good. I got to keep tipping. And then passing it over to someone <laughs> and being like, you said you wanted to see these pictures, oh, right? It's like, shit, dude, I, I'm, I'm okay, man. I don't need your dick pics, man. <laughs> Fuck. That's fucked up. God damn, you're taking selfies of your penis trying to unlock a goddamn phone, But I think man. that's our cue to end this episode. <laughs> and, uh, yes, that is part of the... Um, tip detection uh issues we're dealing with here at our head office but uh we'll figure it out soon people straight up so uh, i guess i guess we should end it off or yes yes end it off all right that's gonna be it for this episode um thank you for tuning in um you can find us on all of your regular podcasting apps including itunes spotify google um, you can find us at um, facebook.com slash pixel refresh. Go leave your questions there. If you want a topic for us to discuss, leave it there. We will look them over and we will bring them into the next episode. 
Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at SparksSLX, S-P-A-R-X-S-L-X. And our music, as always, is by Ryan Little, SoundCloud.com slash I am Ryan Little. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace out. Now on your latest adult podcast, Tip Detection, and our two hosts, the inventors of Tip Detection. Guys, welcome into the room. Please put your pants back on. It's oh, great sorry, to be here. It's on... great to be here. I'm uh, just buckling my pants up. Thank you. Just unlocked our devices. Uh, yes. Thank you. We've got to wipe this grease off here. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just went to the washroom and uh, I guess I didn't shake off enough. The only downfall to this detection is... Uh, Post-sexual interactions. It's re- very bad. <laughs> very we've bad. we've now uh, come to a point where every tip detection includes a wipey. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've had a situation with uh, people trying to unlock other people's phones with tip detection and lip detection. And having what we call a rainbow effect on our screens. Uh, yes. So please be careful out there. Make sure to wipe before you dab.